Welcome to episode three of Off the Record. Alongside Kirsten Kroll, I'm Alexis Downey. Thank you so much for joining us again. Whether you found us on YouTube or Twitter, we're so happy to have you tuning in. Kirsten, how's your week been? It's just the start of the week and it's already been a week. I know you and I were talking, we've been all over the place. You know, it's, it's early on, but you know, here's to things just picking up and getting crazier and excited to be recording episode number three. We haven't been canceled yet, so that's a good sign. <laughs> and there has been just a lot happening in sports, especially this past week. Definitely. Between college sports, all of the professional sports, and some sports in Australia that we are going to talk about this week. There's so much going on, like you mentioned, but why don't you start us off? What's going on with college? Yeah, we got a full slate and taking a look just at college specifically, it's been crazy. If you look across some of the leagues across the country, we've got a full slate of every single sport that you could possibly think of going on because of sports getting moved to a different season. And one of those that we aren't gonna be seeing in action is the Ivy League as they once again have opted out due to the ongoing pandemic. So no more sports as of right now still going on in that league. And for all of the March Madness fans, we didn't get to see that last year. It was so disappointing right when the pandemic really started to close sports down. But this year, we're going to have March Madness. It's just 20 days away from Selection Sunday. And they also announced that they're going to have 25% capacity for fans. So that's really exciting. Um, but the majority of the games are going to be played in Indianapolis. So not too far from me here in Chicago, but something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, and like you mentioned, too, it's crazy to think that I don't even know if it had ever been canceled before, but for the first time, at least in my lifetime, having no March Madness last year, it was weird. It's nice to get somewhat normalcy back. And another thing, too, that maybe feels a little abnormal, but is getting us right on the back on the right track is that volleyball is currently in the midst of their season. It got pushed from the fall over to the springs and it looks like things nationwide are really starting to heat up. And if we look at the national polls here that are as of February 14th, Wisconsin is in a dominating first place spot, 8-0 record, 51 first place votes. And then in second ranked for, excuse me, eight votes and a 14-0 record is Texas, then Kentucky, Nebraska, Minnesota, a lot of Big Ten teams within the top 10. Yeah, Big Ten volleyball has always been so much fun to watch. I know at Michigan State, going to those games was unlike any other sport on campus, packed in the gymnasium. It was always loud, fans were there, um, but I'm certainly sure it's quite different this year, assuming that there are no fans in these gymnasiums, probably a little bit more quiet for these games. A lot quieter and especially too at the barn in Minnesota. That's a change of pace because those games are usually packed. And you know, with both of us being so close to the Big Ten and how good this league has historically been, I think it's a good place to start off with us diving in even deeper. And again, you look at the national rankings, Wisconsin dominating that first place spot and Picking up right where they left off after being runners up in the 2019 national championship, currently ranked first in the country. And Alexis, give us a closer look at that Big Ten women's volleyball standings. 
Yeah, well, like you mentioned, Wisconsin being at the top, Ohio State, Minnesota, Nebraska, all at the top, historically great volleyball schools. All the other schools for the Big Ten as well, coming down in those rankings. Maryland at the bottom of it with a one and nine conference record, kind of having a tough season. But man, Wisconsin is just that powerhouse volleyball school. And I'm excited to see, you know, how they continue to represent the Big Ten, the Big Ten in the standings the rest of the season. And additionally, finding maybe Nebraska or Minnesota moving their way up and eventually getting into that tournament, seeing how the Big Ten represents themselves. Yeah, I'm excited to see it too. I used to play volleyball for about six years and I was never good. I was more of a, I'm just happy to be here kind of player, pumping up the teammates and just there to honestly have fun. But I do have a big passion for the game of volleyball and especially the Big Ten you know, like we had already talked about, both of us being so close, having gone to schools, me living in Minnesota, being, you know, seeing some people that I grew up close to going on to do big things, going to play for the national team, playing overseas. And it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch the rest of the way. And I think, too, that's going to lead us into our next topic about something else still on the college sports scene. Absolutely. A sport that was very close to our hearts in college, NCAA hockey. We both covered our schools back in college. And I know that college hockey is such a special sport. The passionate players and the fans and the coaches, um, it, it's, it's unlike anything else, honestly, I think sometimes with some of the college athletics. But things are starting to get really interesting as we inch closer to that NCAA tournament whether it's in these individual leagues having their tournaments and then eventually we're going to have the Frozen Four later this year. So let's jump into where the standings are. The U Show standings coming out actually today, this Monday, February 22nd. Boston College sitting at the top of that with 27 first place votes. North Dakota with 12 first place votes, but sitting at number two. Minnesota State sitting at three. Minnesota at four and Wisconsin at five. So looking at those teams, BC, a historically amazing college hockey program, producing some of the top talent all across professional hockey. They have a young squad this year and the two leaders in points on their teams, a sophomore and a junior, Matt Boldy, the sophomore. He's actually a first round pick by the Minnesota Wild 12th overall in the 2019 draft. So someone close to your heart, Kirsten. And then Mark McLaughlin, a junior, also having 22 points on the team for the Boston College hockey team this season. So college hockey, just so exciting to see how it's going to play out the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm really excited. I may not be in college anymore, but I'm still following what's going on closely. There is truly nothing like college hockey. It is so much fun to watch and the energy and the atmosphere may be a little different this year, but the intensity that the guys have is still something special. And you mentioned Matt Boldy. He's been having a heck of a season. He was tearing up the ice in World Juniors and I know a lot of wild fans are really being vocal about wanting to see him in a wild sweater next season. So, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that if that <laughs> was the decision that was made, 
But a little piece of beef that I, I just got to pick with you quick, a bone, if you will. You mentioned <laughs> the top five, but you stopped right before number six. My alma mater, St. Cloud State, currently ranked sixth in the USCHO poll nationally. And they had a little bit of a down year last year, and it was an unusual season towards the end. And in this year, too, but they've, shameless plug, they've been dominating this season. And three of the top 10 teams being NCHC teams. So that conference, it's historically been known in its short time of existence to just produce winners and solid players. And one team that really has been solid this season is North Dakota. Over the weekend, they clinched their second straight Penrose Cup, which is the NCHC Conference Championship. And they've got a really stacked roster of solid players. I know with the postseason getting canceled for all college sports last year, but specifically hockey, North Dakota really thought they had a chance to win that national title. And if you look even this season, they've got a lot of returning players, but three players who are currently in the running for the Hobie Baker Award. And it includes last year's hat trick finalists, Jordan Kawaguchi, Shane Pinto, and Matt Kirstead. So, I mean, I hate to say it because the St. Cloud fan and alum in me just grew to hate North Dakota, but they've got a solid roster this season. It's hard to hate on a team that is producing so well on the ice. I can speak for the Big Ten hockey conference on my side, usually a conference that's pretty through and through overall all the teams are doing extremely well this season I wouldn't say it's been the best for the Big Ten but I did mention that Minnesota and Wisconsin are in those top couple teams the rest of the conference kind of having a down year I would say but I would be excited to see a Big Ten program in that frozen four later this year it would be interesting and maybe change things up a little bit too but We'll have to see, especially too, as we get closer to tournament time and those top 16 teams that are gonna be really making it into the NCAA tournament. Absolutely, and I think we're gonna head to our first break, but don't go anywhere. We will be back with more on some spring training updates. back to off the record and we've got another segment here that I'm really excited to talk about. Last week was a national holiday for those who observe one where we celebrate pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training and then on Monday and Tuesday this week we started to see full squad workouts and the first games of spring training will take place this Sunday February 28th with 28 of the 30 teams playing so there may be at least in Minnesota a ton of snow outside but things are really starting to heat up and it's really starting to feel like springtime here. I'm so excited to see baseball season begin and hopefully we will be able to go to games this summer or spring. Um, it sounds like there likely could be fans in the stands sounding like there's going to be fans at spring training for these games as well, which is a good sign. We're moving in the right direction as a country, hopefully. Um, but what exactly are you looking forward to with this upcoming season, Kirsten? Well, first and foremost, and I'm not trying to jinx anything, but 
And especially after the tumultuous start to last season, last year, I'm really excited for things to currently be on track for us to start baseball on time. And even more so than that, to potentially actually get to be at the ballpark this summer. I know I keep saying it and I'm going to keep saying it until it actually happens. But my biggest wish in life right now, besides the Minnesota Twins breaking their postseason curse, is to be at a Twins game, buying an overpriced beer. And I have promised everybody that if and when that day comes, I will not complain. I will just be so happy to be there. I'm definitely on your side with that. Hopefully we can get to go to a game this summer together. I know that would be super fun, whether it's in Chicago, Minnesota, wherever it is. Can't wait to see baseball season coming back. And, and I you think- mentioned you've never actually been to Minnesota before. And Target I have Field, not. <laughs> again, not to be biased, but it is one of the nicest ballparks <laughs> in all of Major League Baseball. So put it on your 2021 summer bucket list. It's happening. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And I can't wait for that day to happen because really there's nothing like going to a ballpark and getting a beer or getting a nacho. I'm personally a pretzel girl, but I I don't know what your preference is. (laughs) Um, I really enjoy snacking on some cheese curds. I don't know if or they really have them where you live, but they (laughs) are a big, big part of the ballpark food here. Well, I can say coming from PNC Park, where the Pirates play in Pittsburgh, that our food is pretty good, not to mention the view of Pittsburgh being right on the river. I would say it's up there in the best ballparks in the MLB, and I know a lot of people wouldn't argue with that as well. But kind of jumping into more of the team side this season, You know, the Dodgers are going to be looking to defend that World Series title. They've got so much talent likely going to do really well again this season. The one team that I'm kind of looking at is the Angels actually, because Mike Trout is getting older. He's he's not as young as he used to be. You know, how long does he have in baseball? Granted, still an incredible baseball player. He does amazing things for the Angels, but I'm curious to see how they're going to do this year, knowing that he's getting a little bit older and, you know, they want to win a title. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see. And especially too, once you're potentially nearing the end of your career, that hunger is more so even there to at least go out with one or one more. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I like that pick from you, Alexis. I was not expecting that. Um, I do agree with you on the LA Dodgers. They've made, and we talked about this in last week's show, they made a lot of moves this season. And it seems like there's been, I don't want to say controversy with Trevor Bauer, but I'm seeing a lot of stuff on social media about Trevor Bauer. I don't know if it's just Mets fans being really mad that he didn't sign with them and now he's in LA. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they do. We talked about it. I'm going to bring it up again. If they underperform, there's absolutely no excuse for it. And anything short of a World Series, again, I think is going to be highly disappointing because they've invested a ton of money in that roster. And if I were not only in the front office or as a fan, I expect nothing less. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to, like I mentioned, have a really great season again. I 
can imagine getting back to the World Series is such an uphill battle. So whether that's going to happen, not sure, but I would agree that they, they have all the talent they need. They have the potential to get back to that title game, but I guess, I guess we'll see how things play out. Baseball is so unpredictable with the amount of games that they have in such a long season. Yeah. And you know, it's such a cliche, but I'm going to bring it up again. The only thing harder than being on top is staying on top. So because of that, I do think that is a big mental factor, whether you want to admit it or not, that plays into a big part of sports. You have this huge monkey on your back. You are a target for all of the other teams. Those other teams know that you're currently sitting atop the world and they're going to try to knock you down. Your name is on their list. And so because of that, I don't know how the Dodgers will actually do, but on paper, definitely a contender. And speaking of another topic on how it can be really hard to stay on top, the Australian Open. If any of you were paying attention last week, you know the Australian Open gained a lot of attention, specifically the semifinal singles match between Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka. And, you know, even making more headlines in the men's sig- sig- singles final. I am sorry, words are so hard. <laughs> the men's singles final. It was Novak Djokovic who came away with the hardware. And spoiler alert, on the opposite end, Naomi Osaka defeated Jennifer Brady to come away with the title too. And so let's just backtrack a little bit and go back to that semifinal. What was it that you were seeing that brought so much attention to that match? Well, the fact that Serena, you know, just she didn't win the the match is what really surprised a lot of people. And then you look at the big age gap between Osaka and Serena. The It's amazing that Serena is out there playing tennis at 39 years old. Naomi, Naomi Osaka is only 23 years old. So you have to start to wonder, you know, is there going to be a passing of the torch now with Serena potentially maybe not playing at the top of her game? It's hard to say that when she's done so well, even after having her own child and still coming back and playing professional sports, it's quite amazing. Um, But it's really been a cultural change almost in the sport of tennis to watch the old and the young play against each other. Absolutely. And, you know, even too watching ESPN and whatnot, one of the big topics last week was surrounding the Australian Open. And if Serena Williams still has it in her to compete at this high level, but you look, she's still, she may not have won, but she is still performing at such a high level. Uh, You look at the standings, Osaka is second in the singles rankings and Serena Williams is only seventh. So she's still right up there with a lot of the best. And it's, it's just crazy for especially somebody at her age. In the grand scheme of things, she is not old. But in tennis, she is a little further up there in age. And she's still able to do unreal things on the court that most people can't. And again, it's just incredible. She's won 23 grand slams, the most by any player in the open era and the second most of all time. Naomi Osaka, this was her fourth career Grand Slam, second Australian Open title. And she's going to be a really fun player to watch too. Again, Serena Williams, 
I think maybe she's definitely on the back end of her career, but I don't think she's going away anytime soon. And another thing I really want to talk about with this topic as well is just the significance of it. Not only did you have a black woman and a woman of color as well out on the court and representing women at such a high level, but just showing everything that was going on with that as well too. Just, I know a lot of women on my Twitter timeline were pumped about it and were so excited to see it, both rooting so hard for both of them. They were saying, well, I don't know which one to pick over the other right now. I'm just really, really enjoying this. It's like history is being made. So I think that's definitely something that needs to be talked about as well. It's always encouraging to see more people talking about women in sports. And Serena Williams has just been such a, a figure for young girls or women growing up in the sport of tennis. Not only that, but growing up in sports in general, showing that you can do anything you put your mind to, even after having a child and being a mom, she has come back and proven that you can play sports. You see that a lot too with some of the U.S. women's national team soccer players. They've had children, Alex Morgan being one of those. She just had a baby and she's out playing soccer again. So it's pretty incredible to see the, the role that they're playing in women's sports and how it's really changing over the years. I agree completely. And you know, I think that even takes it to another level as well being such a high caliber professional athlete, but also being a mom on top of it. I don't know from personal experience, but I've heard from a lot of women that one of the hardest things you can possibly do is come back or get back in shape after having a child. So seeing these women do it, some not only once, but twice, your body is never quite the same. So you're learning almost how to completely relearn everything that you once were so easily able to do that now is potentially two times harder than it was. One final thought that I have on this as well, just the significance of Serena Williams. I know she is just such a huge figure, not only in women's sports, but the world of sports as well. She is mentioned up there with some of the greats like Tom Brady, Cristiano Ronaldo. I know those are all very different sports, but just the legacy she's left behind. And one of the arguments too, that even works even more in her favor is even more so than team sports, they're all very different, but an individual sport is arguably the hardest because the only person you're really fighting against is yourself. And you at the end of the day are the one person you can really count on. You're the only one who can go out on the court and produce. And so that just speaks volume two in the mental aspect. I give her just a bunch of credit for being such a legend. You know, that's such a good point that you brought up. And I heard something on the news actually recently that says, you know that someone has made an impact when they're known by just one name. You hear just Serena. She doesn't even need Serena Williams. You know who you're talking about. You think of Tiger Woods. We know him as Tiger, Tom Brady, Brady, whatever. Whoever you can think of, if they are known by just that one name, they're, they're really, you know, they really made it. LeBron James, LeBron. So uh, she's, she's really made her staple on this world. She really has. And I'm glad you brought that point up too, because it's so true. And, you know, going back to talking about Naomi Osaka, she might be 
on course to make her own huge legacy, just kind of like Serena has done. And one quote that I did see from her that's been going around social media, she said, quote, hopefully I play long enough to play a girl that said I was once her favorite player, end quote. And I think that holds even more significance because she did was on record saying Serena was her favorite. So I think that just makes it that much more special. to one of our favorite segments of the show on or off one of us will give a statement the other will say whether they agree or disagree i will start kirsten it was a bad idea to have an nhl game during the day at lake tahoe so strictly because of the wording of this question during the day i'm gonna say that's on i think this did not go as planned. I don't really know if people expected both of the games to get postponed, one a day later, one to the late evening. I don't know if that was something people really saw in the cards. I think it definitely took a little bit of momentum away, unfortunately, from this event, but it didn't It didn't make them have any less buzz about it. I mean, pictures from Lake Tahoe were unreal and we're circulating all across the internet. I know one of them, I hate to say, cause it sounds so cheesy and kind of weird that it took my breath away seeing a picture with the lake in the background from the rink, but it did. I honestly thought it was a fake picture. Like how could it be real? It was such a pretty sight. So I do think it was a great idea still by the league. I would love to see them do more outdoor hockey games for the NHL. I think that's a tradition they should continue to do. Little thought, Lake Superior, NHL, Gary <laughs> Bettman. That would be really cool to see. And maybe make the wild play in it too. This, that's my final, final ask. But I think it was a bad idea during the day, but not a bad idea altogether. And that's going to lead us into a question I have for you, Alexis. But first, I know there has been something you had to say, and I kind of cut you off a little. No, so it's okay. I was, I was what you were saying about Lake Tahoe. <laughs> I was just going to say that we did not see any snow, so I guess we were right about that last week. We saw sun, but we didn't see the snow that apparently happened overnight. I didn't even know it snowed overnight, so I mean, <laughs> kind of wrong, but also not really. So. Okay, now that's going to lead us into a question I have for you. It was big breaking news this last week that Carson Wentz was officially traded. Unlike we had originally thought that it was going to be to the Bears, he's now in Indianapolis. Alexis, is he going to have success there? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say this is on because I don't want to root against the guy. I don't have really anything against Carson Wentz. Um, I know a lot of the people in Chicago were actually happy that he didn't end up with the Bears. And I think signing with the Colts, this is exactly what the Colts wanted. They wanted a quarterback that they didn't have to start from the bottom and reteach a lot of it. Carson Wentz obviously has a lot of experience under his belt, but he's still a lot younger than Phillip Rivers was the quarterback that they had last season who just retired. Um, so he brings that 
little bit of youth to the team and being younger, he definitely has a better arm than Philip Rivers did. A little bit trouble with the accuracy, but that can improve this season, hopefully in his case. So I'm gonna say that Carson Wentz will have some success with the Colts. You know, I also think that's on, but I don't think it'll happen in his first year with the team. I think we'll start to see more from him in his second year if they still keep him on then. I don't know exactly the terms of his contract that he's going to have with Indianapolis, but my vote would be for the second season. Uh, what you did say was taking the words right out of my mouth. He's a lot younger. He's still got a lot of career left ahead of him. And you know, you look back at what he did in Philly, he did have an MVP season out there. You know, he's capable of greatness, especially with the right surrounding cast. So again, I do think he'll see success there, but not till his second season. Switching gears a little bit, there was some news happening in Minnesota. Okay, Kirsten, the Timberwolves made the right decision by firing Ryan Saunders. You know, as somebody who does claim they are a Timberwolves fan, this team just cannot get it together. Please, guys, we need you to get it together. I'm going to say this is on. And, you know, first, I also do want to say this before I give my reason why. There's been a lot of news coming out since this broke this week about the firing. A lot of people seeming to be in agreement with it because of the statistics, but, you know, work side out of it and just looking at the personal aspects i've heard nothing but really great things about saunders that he was a great guy to work with and especially in a pandemic you don't want to see anyone lose their job so i do really feel for him there i'm really hoping for the best for him that he does get an opportunity elsewhere really soon i do think he's deserving of it even the players loved saunders but you've got to put up more impressive stats than you did when you look at his three seasons that he spent in Minnesota, if you look back at the 18-19 season, the Wolves went 36-46. and 46. So, I mean, you're below 500, not where you want to be, but you still got to be better than that. So, you're hoping the next season it's better, right? Well, in the second season, the Wolves went 19-45. and 45. So, you know, you, the Wolves have had a lot of issues almost always. So, maybe the next year. Well... When you look at the third season where the Wolves are currently sitting, as of the firing, they are at a 7-24 and 24 record. And so they just, they aren't producing. I'm really hoping they get it together. And now the new, not interim coach, but permanent coach, Chris Finch, who is an assistant under the Toronto Raptors. He's now the head coach, permanent head coach of the Wolves. I'm interested to see if, and how if you can turn this team around because they need it. They certainly do. And it's basketball is such a, a fast moving sport that seeing how he's going to turn around the team, hopefully it's going to take some time, unfortunately. It won't be this season, but we can hope we see some spurts of progress before this season comes to an end. But one final question for you, Alexis. EA Sports bringing back college football is a welcome return on or off? You know, I think in this case it's on because 
one, so many people are so excited about this announcement. We don't really know when they are going to bring this back. And there's a lot riding on this, knowing that the NCAA is trying to push to allow athletes to make some money off endorsements now. How is this going to factor into this video game? And really interesting tidbit, this week, Notre Dame announced that they won't be participating in the EA Sports College Football until the NIL rules are finalized. A lot of you know legal things that are gonna play into this, but I really hope for the sake of these college athletes, I do wanna see them make money off their names at some point in this, in this lifetime. Um, and I think that EA Sports bringing back this college football game is definitely starting to kind of push that in the right direction. I'm going to agree with you completely. I also think it's on one because fans have been asking, not only asking, they've been begging for this to happen. And if there's one silver lining that comes out of this pandemic, this is going to be a really, really big one for a lot of people. And it's also on when you look at the players being able to make money off of their names that again, people have been saying they have deserved for so long, especially when you look at the football programs, how much money the football players bring to those schools. Yes, it, it's gonna get a little tricky and I won't be surprised if it gets a little ugly figuring out the money aspect and every little thing that they need to figure out in order to make this work. But I think all in all, this is on, it's a great idea and people are excited about it. All right, well, we're gonna head to break, but when we come back, we will have our final thoughts. the record and Alexis I think it is time for us to do something that we're going to call our final thoughts one thing I want to say before we wrap up the show is a big congratulations to Patrick Mahomes and his fiance Brittany Matthews on the birth of their first child Sterling Sky Mahomes she was born I believe it was on Sunday and you know just how excited those two were to have their first child and They've been together forever, high school sweethearts. I'm so happy for these two and they're gonna be great parents and I can't wait to see the pictures of this little cutie if they choose to share them with us. And wedding bells will eventually be down the line for them, I'm sure, but I think having a newborn is going to keep them pretty busy for a bit of time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They, you know, engaged wedding in the works, but that plans are, as far as I know, on pause for now, but when that day comes, you can only imagine it's gonna be that much more special with having your baby girl there. And speaking of special days, it was a special night in Pittsburgh on Saturday. My final thought is a congratulations to Sidney Crosby on reaching a thousand NHL games. I watched the game with my parents actually, who were the ones that really got me into the sport of hockey and seeing Sid getting to watch his uh, ceremony video on the, the Jumbotron in, uh, in Pittsburgh really was an emotional night. I, I was tearing up 
when Sid started tearing up in the post-game press conference, Sid said that he started tearing up when he saw Malkin tearing up. And I just know it was quite a special night for him in the city of Pittsburgh. And unfortunately, there weren't fans in attendance, but I know everyone's hearts were with Sid on that special night. I have chills when you're talking about this. I <laughs> did see parts of it. I didn't get to see the whole ceremony, but from what I did see of it, he, the way his face lit up on the jumbotron when there was those video clips from his parents congratulating him and his sister Taylor congratulating him, you could see how much that meant to him. And also too, just the significance of that moment that we're seeing such a legendary player in our lifetime, a future Hall of Famer. And how many people can say they were able to play in a thousand NHL games and counting? I don't think he's going to be done for a while here still. So big congratulations to Sidney Crosby. And I'm looking forward to see how he does the rest of his career. That's already so successful. Yeah, he certainly, I'm hoping, got a, quite a few years left with the Penguins. Uh, signs are not showing that he's slowing down anytime soon. Thanks so much for joining us this week on behalf of Kirsten and myself. We love hearing your feedback. Follow us on Twitter, tweet at us, subscribe to our YouTube, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Off the Record.